Hello, and welcome to Old, New, Borrowed, and Blues, a podcast about songwriting. I'm your host, Jack Summers. Each episode, I'm joined by a talented guest to talk about their songwriting ventures thus far. The show works like this. A guest comes on and plays four songs. An old song, a new song, a cover song, and the saddest song they've ever written. This month, I'm joined by Baron Stout, a singer-songwriter from Kansas City. Baron writes unique songs that are almost symphonic. Each song has multiple movements and musical themes show up throughout. I'm happy that Baron joined me last month to talk about his songwriting process. Without further ado, here's Baron Stout with his song, Riot. Causes the world to turn my way And in that moment Of such commotion This place will never be the same She said, babe, won't you keep it down It is getting kind of late Besides I've already stopped you twice today And the green leaves are falling And the clock you can't trust Just keeps ticking Taking away your faith Is winter calling? I say I don't care It's gonna be nice and warm in here some action just leave an impression that makes it hard to walk away and in that moment that fiery moment you know the one of romance and mystery she said babe won't you keep it down it is getting kind of late Besides, I've already stopped you twice today And the green leaves are falling And the clock you can't trust Just keeps ticking Taking away your faith Is winter calling? I say I don't care It's gonna be nice and warm in here John were more than words to me. I try and live a life accordingly. I was never any good at landing all three. Two or one or none were far more likely. If 
if I don't turn into the man I want to be End up all gray and drunk, left fading away Please don't mock me, just ignore me Do me the pleasure of leaving me my dignity If I start talking, I might start thinking And then you never know just when this party will end She said, babe, you're talking crazy You're acting a little strange Besides, you're really starting to creep me I say, babe, won't you keep it down What you're saying's getting old I don't know why I have listened to you And I want my riot Give me my reaction, please Please, world, won't you turn my way And the green leaves are falling And the clock you can't trust just keeps ticking taking away your faith is winter calling i say i don't care it's gonna be nice and warm in here That was Baron Stout with his first track, Riot. Baron, welcome to the pod. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Jack. Yeah, that was a great first track. Um, we're going to hop into it Let's and talk it. about, uh, we usually start with, with songwriting beginnings. Absolutely. Where did it all come from? Where did it start? Yeah, I you know, started playing piano you know, somewhere early elementary school. So I started getting into music that way, and I was kind of just... Going along until I got my first guitar at 14, and pretty much as soon as I picked up my first guitar, I started writing my own songs, and that's how I, yeah. Did you have, like, a musical family? Not not at all. Not at all. My parents have no idea how I, I mean, if you want to call it talented, where I got it from, but, you know, my, I'm the musician, artist one. My sister's the athletic tomboy one, Uh and neither of my parents are either one of those things. (laughs) So we kind of just, whatever kind of middle ground they were, my sister and I kind of blossomed to either end. So yeah. 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 So you started writing songs when you first got a guitar in your hands. Did you share these songs with anyone? Not or? really. I just kind of assumed when I started playing guitar that everybody who played guitar wrote their own songs. Yeah. I just I just assumed, yeah, everybody, if you have a guitar, you write your songs. So that's kind of what I just started doing. And you know... Uh, just, yeah, kind of played with a few people in high school, but nothing much, and just kind of, yeah, just kind of kept adding to it, yeah. Were your songs always this kind of, like, elaborate, long, kind of they very, thought-out pieces? They very much were. I always kind of l- leaned into the dramatic side of it, the dynamic mm-hmm. side of it. Um, yeah, Riot, I mean, that is probably the second song I ever wrote. Really? And it's, yeah, it's... And they've all kind of blossomed from there, and it's kind of, I always like playing that one in almost every set, especially early in a set, because it kind of sets the tone of, hey, this, these are the songs I write. Yeah. They're going to move 
They're not, you know, they're, they're not going to stay in one place. Yeah. Keep up. So, yeah. So, uh, talk a little bit more about, about Riot. How old were you, do you think, when you wrote this song? So, I, so I probably would have started that one probably, you know, 16, 17. And at the time, I was writing a lot of just chord progressions. I couldn't quite lock up the singing and playing at the same time. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until college, so it probably would have been 20, 21 years old when I finally actually something clicked in my brain where I was able to sing and play at the same time. And then as soon as that happened, a flood of songs came out, and Riot was one of the first ones where that guitar part is pretty much exactly how I wrote it Yeah, 20-some <laughs> years ago. And, you know, so the lyrics just kind of fell into it, and it's... With that one, I've gotten more dynamic with it as I've gone along, since it's an old, old... Probably the song I've played the most of all the songs I've ever written. Yeah. So it's kind of grown with me, yeah. Do you want to talk to me a little bit about the lyrics of this song and maybe like where they came from? Yeah. The uh, the impetus of the song was this clock that was hanging in my mom's house. It's in my place now. It just old weighted clock and it was accurate for about five minutes a day and then it was always off. So the clock, you could never trust the time on this clock. And the song itself just kind of came from a fight with time, I'd say. The she in the song, in my mind, was never an actual person. It was the she of time. And the kind of this time is laughing at you, time is telling you you can't do things. I'm like, well, yes, you can. (laughs) I can do it. You can't tell me what to do time. So, yeah. Yeah, I think it's really cool how you've you've found um, some physical object in your Mm -hmm. life and tied it back to this kind of... um, non-physical yeah. feeling yeah yeah it, it was really just a how do i elaborate on this clock that just doesn't keep time accurately and yeah 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 so uh at what point did you start sharing your songs with people and and what did that look like My, it's it's gone ebbs and flows where i've gone so when i first finally kind of clicked into singing and playing at the same time I had my first little, okay, let's play a lot. So I tried to play mm-hmm. out a lot as much as I could, share as much as I could. And then life kind of just happened and yeah. I kind of stepped away from music and it kind of, you know, I focused on other parts of life. And then you know, about three years ago, I kind of really got back into it and started sharing again and getting back out and, you know, doing the open mics, playing in front of people, being, you know, comfortable playing in front of people. Yeah. And so before that, you know, it was just kind of, Something I did, but it was just kind of more on the side. And then I kind of just stepped away from it and realized I needed to step back into it and started feeling very comfortable sharing everything I play. So, yeah. 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 So, Baron, you perform under the name Hero Incredible. Yes. Would you like to tell me a little bit about that and where that came from? Absolutely. It is a lyric from one of my favorite bands. It's a band called The Tragically Hip. Okay. They are (laughs) Canada's biggest band by far. And... It's just a line from one of their songs. Uh, the song is called Save the Planet. Mm-hmm. And there's a line that says, and it sounded hero incredible, a sound that made the headphones edible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and for me, just having ed- headphones that you can nosh up is just, that, yeah. that's the definition of music. So I kind of s- borrowed the name hero incredible from that. And it's kind of something where I, I don't want it to be my name, but it's more like when I put a band together, mm-hmm. I would like the band to be called 
Hero Incredible. And if yeah. you want to call me that while we're at it, I guess we can. But <laughs> I'm just a placeholder until I get a band. So yeah. Yeah. So uh, when you perform under that name uh, by yourself, yeah. Uh, does that give you, I mean, I guess kind of a freedom that you don't have under Baron Stout? Yeah, I know. Every, everybody asks me, why don't you just play under your own name? It's such a cool name. I was like, yeah, I know, but it's, I've had it for 42 years now. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of tired of it. I'd like to, you know, give myself a little bit of a moniker, a shield, something to, yeah. you know, kind of maybe not a mask, but just, you know, it's, it's fun to be this other thing while you're on stage and mm-hmm. to be this other person. So, yeah. So where do you usually find a place to, to share your music? Are you mainly open mics? Open or? mics are the primary source I have right now. I always would love more places and opportunities to share, but open mics seem to be the the place where I can most easily share. And for me, that's an interesting way because all my songs are so different. So getting one or two songs mm-hmm. for an open mic is really, I find that's a hard way for me to get what my art across where something, Hey, give me 45 minutes. I'll give you, I'll give you six songs and a range of emotions and you'll be crying and laughing through the whole thing. So if you give me one or two songs, it's, you know, I think you've seen me play enough. I try and bring something different and new every time, but I feel like, yeah, give me three songs and I can really wow you. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, how do you, what's your songwriting approach? It feels like it might be more, uh, chord driven and then finding things to Absolutely. fit those. Uh... Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think every single one of my songs, the guitar part, the music has pretty much been written before I can even find a lyric before I find a melody. There are a few times, you know, where I'll have something kind of running, you know, at the same time, but usually I need that chord progression, that guitar part to be locked. And I kind of almost need that part to be muscle memory. Mm-hmm. So I can just play that part and then I can find the lyrics to go around it, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so do you um, sit down and like, I'm going to write a song today, or, or does it just come? Usually, I, you know, I try, you know, try and be a good musician and practice every day and kind of sit down and try, you know, I try. Um, and kind of depending on my mood, sometimes I just practice old songs. But, you know, I got, I got my binder full of notes I've got, you know, all the chord progressions I've come up with. I've got, you know, a couple hundred, four or five hundred, you know, recorded memos on my phone to remind me of songs. And kind of depending on my mood, sometimes I'll just play an old song, just that's what I'm feeling. Sometimes I'll just randomly scroll through my voice memos, find an old song or something I recorded, maybe just two or three songs and try and jam on that for until I feel bored or until I find something or, yeah. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of, I mean... There's a lot of different like movements in yeah. your songs and a lot of themes that come back into it. Yeah. Uh, do you usually have like two songs that are you like you're like this could come together and and be one? That or? happens. That happens all the time. Where I have two what two ideas that spawn from completely different places, completely different times, and I am just trying to finish a song, just trying to put something together, and just in the course of practicing and playing on my songs, I, hey, I played those two back to back and they sound pretty good. So let me just smash them together. And sometimes the transitions work. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they just need to be abrupt changes between songs. I got a, I have one song that, yeah, I pretty much took three different songs and just kind of blended them together. And you get this one song with about, you know, six different movements and 
45 different chords, and that's just the song that came out. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How do you keep the, the theme of the song throughout those movements, uh, like lyrically and, and like emotional things that you try and I think the l- lyrically is where I really try and tie those seemingly different musical phrases together. I struggle with, you know, trying to find coherent stories and narratives to do that sometimes. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I definitely try and find, you know, I'll be singing and I'll find this one lyric. I'll have no idea what the song is about until I Mm -hmm. sing this one lyric. I was like, oh, this song's about flowers. This song's (laughs) about a dog. This song's about that. And then I can actually write a bunch of lyrics around that and try and find, yeah. Yeah, I've heard you say through open mics that you have, um, like characters who yes. maybe get one song and then you're like, okay, they're actually going to get a different yeah. song. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't, so Taylor Swift is, yes. um, <laughs> I'm a Swifty. I'm okay. I'm going to get on yeah. this podcast. I'm a Swifty. So she also does something similar to that. Yeah. And, and right now she has the number one, uh, song in the world and it's the longest song ever to take yeah. the <laughs> number. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm going to beat her. I'm going to beat her on that. Yeah. One. <laughs> there's your, <laughs> there's your connection to Taylor yeah. Swift. But, um, talk to me about like the characters in your songs and, and where they come from. Yeah. A lot of characters are, I have one. She's, she shows up. I say she probably has three or four songs now. And in my mind, she's the same person. Mm-hmm. She's this person I saw, you know, would have been 20 years ago. At a Chili's. She was a waitress at a Chili's. The only thing that was different, all the other Chili's waitresses were, and servers were all wearing like red and black shirts. And she was this one server wearing a blue shirt. <laughs> and that was the only thing that stood out. She wasn't even our server. Yeah. She was just walking around in a blue shirt. And for some reason, this girl in blue stuck in my head. And so I have a song called Girl in Blue, which was the first song I wrote about her. Her just being this mm-hmm. person. And then... The character I created in that song just spawned other songs and other moments in her life, in a life that I assigned to her, mm-hmm. gave to her, kind of uh, gave her her narrative story. So it's it's fun giving those characters life. And then it's, it's also a nice, not necessarily fallback, but if I, hey, what should I write this song about? Hey, I haven't written a song about the girl in blue in a while. Let me yeah. let me come up with a new story for her. Let me come up with a new chapter for her life. And then maybe she's having a good time. Maybe mm-hmm. she's having a bad time. And I think she's in due for some good times. I probably should write it. <laughs> I should probably give her some good times when she's had some hard times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you like to kind of like blur the line, I guess, between like true songs yeah. about your life and and just made up stories. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel that, um, like freedom to do that came to you? Like a lot of people feel like, oh, I've, I've not experienced anything like this. I can't write a song about something I don't know. I think I hope that, you know, I write enough songs from a narrative story point where the songs about myself maybe don't even, you might not realize they're about me. Yeah. I definitely have some songs that, I mean, they are the most... They're not hyperbole. There's not an exaggeration in the story that, like, this happened to me. Mm-hmm. This is something I went through. But since I just sang this song about a clock, yeah. you might not realize that what I'm singing about now is it's not a metaphor anymore. Mm-hmm. What I'm singing about is, yeah, this is real. This is an experience I went through. And it's, you know, I have no fear singing about those kind of deep personal stuff. Sometimes I 
don't need to hide those things behind a metaphor. I don't need mm-hmm. to em- embellish the story. I have, you know, the comfort to tell you, hey, this was my life. This is where I fucked up. This is where I messed up. This is what happened. This is the life. That's it. Yeah. 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 All right. I think now we're going to transition to the new song. Excellent. Um, so why don't you just tell me a little bit about um, where you are like currently in your, in your music making journey? Yeah, I am. I feel like it's still the same progression of writing dynamic, dramatic songs. I want movements and I'm trying to find new ways to express that and trying without being too derivative of myself, which is something I always, you know, don't want to do that. Um, so I'm just kind of messing around with new chords that I'm finding. Just kind of messing around with new themes to sing about. Yeah. All right. So here's a new song from Baron Stout called Anything to Say. Not like I had any place to go. Ask me to stay already locked the door. It's not like I had any place to be. No dates, no times, no one waiting for me. Nobody here needs to panic. This is why we practiced. Nobody here's feeling manic. This is how I planned it. not like I had anything to say. Take what I heard and replace some verbs. It's not like anyone was listening. Talking to the wind as she blows past me. Nobody here needs to panic. This is why we practice. Nobody here's feeling manic. This is how I planned it. No bird, no fire, no demon can get me. No bug, no bomb, no zombie can find me. It's dark, his shake's gonna take more to scare me. When the shit hits the fan, I won't need you to save me. Nobody here needs to panic. This is why we practiced. Nobody here's feeling manic. 
this is how I planned it. Fire sounds like rain here. Do I trust the man coming round my door? He told me to stay, so I drank into the floor. I found a book, it told me how this would end. Wrote one of my own, and now it makes more sense. They said to beware of a rising flood. I said, you've got it wrong. It's coming for our blood. No man, no beast, no dream can find me. No mask, no wall, no God can protect me. No light, no hope, won't leave. You can't make me. I've been alone so goddamn long, you can't save me. Nobody here needs to panic. This is why we practiced. Nobody here's feeling manic. This is how I planned it. All right, Baron. That was Thanks an awesome thank you, thank you. second track. Anything to say yes. by Baron Stout? Yeah, that was one where I started writing that actually before the pandemic. I had a few lines in there before quarantine, before shutting down, and it was it was already a song about loneliness and being alone. Yeah. And then when the quarantine hit, I was like, "Well, this is <laughs> this is an easy song to finish now." Yeah. So I kind of this the rest of it kind of that one was one that had been sitting in the back of my mind for a while, just kind of bounced around with no place to go until I was like, oh, I can sing about loneliness. Everybody's alone now. Yeah. Yeah. How was writing through quarantine? It, like most of my writing, it was in spurts where I, I think at the beginning of quarantine, like a lot of, I mean, some creatives, you know, I had a nice little go at the beginning. I was like, I'm just going to be creative through this whole thing. It's going to last a few weeks, but I'm going to knock it out. It's going to last however long it lasts. I'm just going to be productive throughout it. So I think, you know, March, April, May mm-hmm. of 2020, I was I was knocking them out left and right, and then I kind of realized, oh, this is going to go on for a while. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I kind of just kind of fell into more basic rhythms. I tried to be get on a schedule of playing. I tried to because I had the time. Mm-hmm. I was like, let's. I was you know good and bad about that, but yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So what's changed since the the first song you played? Uh, any growth? <laughs> you've seen in yourself? See, I, I think those first two songs are interesting because I think there are some similarities to them with the, with the way they change. Um, I like to think I've become a better guitar player. I'm a pretty aggressive guitar player. I know that. I kind of beat the hell out of my guitar. So I'm trying to learn to be a little more subtle 
which is kind of how that song started where I was trying to, you know, do more finger picking and slow stuff. And so I think that's part of my, at least guitar playing and musicianship I'm trying to work on is focus a little more on instead of just bashing the hell out of my guitar, learning to be a little more subtle when I need to. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, So where do you keep finding inspiration for songs? Um, both musically and yeah. lyrically. I musically, I just kind of by not listening to a lot of music, I find that I am able to be more creative. Yeah. I find when I listen to too much music, <clears throat> the next song I write sounds exactly whatever I was listening to. No, so I I try and I still listen to music. I it's absolutely a part of my life, but kind of distancing myself from what I what music is out there. I mean, yeah. I find I'm able to create stuff that at least excites me. Um, I mean, I definitely have some songs that I say, oh, that's a ripoff. That's a smashing, right. that's a smashing pumpkin song. <laughs> I just completely stole from them. But, you know, I have a few of those, but, uh, and lyrically, I, it's, I try and read as much as I can and pick like even just a sentence, a phrase from a book mm-hmm. and try and run from those. Um, I have a series of songs that are based on song titles that I took from books. It's just the title of the book. Yeah. I took the title <laughs> of the book and named it my song, and sometimes the song is directly related to the book. Sometimes it's just, hey, I like the title, so I kind of rip from those. So you have kind of a lot of more complex chords yes. or uh, chords that I don't hear often yes. <laughs> in uh, just like the regular open well, mic yeah. circuit, but like in just in music in general, yeah. uh, what kind of musical training brought you to be able to pull those chords out? See, I, I early on in my guitar playing, like I say, when I first picked up a guitar, I started writing songs because that's just what I thought people did. So early on, I n- never learned to play covers. Yeah. I, the cover I'm going to play soon, um, you know, it was something I learned recently. And learning to play covers was never a part of my repertoire. So I always found new voices. Let me take that again. Uh, so I never really had the training of this is what a pop song sounds like. These are the chords you use in mm-hmm. a song. I, I just early, early on, I bought a chord book that was like 20,000 chords. Really? And I would just, I mean, it was like half that, but, moved up and down the neck. But mm-hmm. essentially, I would just open that chord book up. I still have it. The pages are all falling out. <laughs> and I would just pick a chord and I would learn to play it. Some of them are more, you know, practical for an actual, like, songwriter. Yeah. Trying to be kind of folksy. <laughs> um, and I would just kind of flip to another page and pick a, another chord. And maybe those two chords sounded good back to back. And in a practical theory sense, it might be a weird transition but Mm -hmm. to my ear those kind of abnormal chords always sounded interesting to me yeah yeah Yeah. what what is your approach when you perform these longer songs (laughs) how do you uh like try and keep the audience i try and use dynamics there are very few of my songs that maintain the same tempo feel volume throughout the entire song. Dynamics mm-hmm. are something... I, I have an engineering background and just the studying of engineering and the way that 
music over the last 30, 40 years has just become this compressed noise. Yeah. And songs no longer have dynamics. It's just like, I, we need those dynamics. Mm-hmm. Listening to a, I mean, yes, a three-minute pop punk song that just hits you in the face. Yeah, those can be fun, but sometimes you need a six-minute song that brings yeah. you up and down <laughs> and in and out and brings you closer. And I think those kind of dynamics are what make the song fun for me to play, at least. Mm-hmm. Where focusing on, okay, the loud part's coming up. Make Let's make this really loud. Yeah. Okay, the quiet part's coming up right after that. Let's make that... How quiet can I get that? <laughs> How fast can I transition from this loud banging, I'm going to break all my strings, to everybody's leaning in so they can actually hear what I'm singing because I went, you know. And so those kind of dynamics and those kind of movements are what... I mean, yeah, my songs are six minutes long. I got to do something to entertain myself. Yeah. So uh, those dynamics are what really I focus on too. Yeah. I had one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so talk to me a little bit about sound engineering and um, maybe your background in that yeah. and, and how you can use that to like record yourself and, and like make your own. Yeah art and artistic choices through it's, that. It was a fun little transition in my life where I was, you know, I was going to college trying to do the right thing and I was getting my accounting degree mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, man, they had one of those days where an accountant came in and told us about their day. And I was like, that sounds like the worst. That sounds <laughs> awful. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to be a miserable person if I continue down this road of accounting. I'm sure I would have been a good accountant, but it would have been miserable. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, all right, let's, let's do something else. So I ended up in Minneapolis, going to an audio engineering school up there. And it was just, uh, it clicked. It was like, oh, this is it. This, yeah. is, this is the stuff. It, it was so much fun. The people that there were so cool, just learning how to create something. Because at the time, I was kind of, that's kind of the time when I was moving away from being a songwriter performer. I was like, maybe the role for me is kind of behind the scenes and mm-hmm. let's work in a studio. I mean, Hanging out in a guitar, uh, music studio, in a recording studio is just... I know. <laughs> it's, it's the best feeling, man. There's yeah. no better place to be. Um, and just those skills of... Yeah, I can work in a massive studio, and I can have 48 microphones running at one time, mm-hmm. or I can have two. You know, and I and it's... it's The lessons that that, play, that school taught me about creativity and how to share your creativity, how to capture the creativity in a in a clean way, it was, yeah... It's really fun to be able to play with those, you know, play in a studio and turn the studio in into an instrument. Mm-hmm. You turn the microphone instead of just uh, something that captures the sound, something that you can actually use the microphone and you can get close and you can, you can use the dynamic dynamics of the microphone to help, you know, create your sound. Yeah. 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 Do you do that for other people, or is it mostly just... It's mostly for myself right now. It would be absolutely... If anybody's out there, I'd be love to (laughs) talk to me. Call me up. Uh, uh, Yeah, working in recording studios is just so much fun. Just set... I mean, just sitting... Simply setting up microphones is... Yeah. I could just do that. If you just want me to come in and set up your microphones, I'll just do that for a day, (laughs) and I'll leave. Yeah, it's fine. (laughs) So let's kind of circle back a little bit to uh, anything to say. Yeah. Um, lyrically, where do you get all of those, uh, like, uh, you kind of talk about where it came to you. Um, what do you try and and focus on in that loneliness kind of feeling? Yeah. For that one, it was, 
I had some of that song written before pandemic. So it was just a song about, you know, something that I say I struggle with. And that's, you know, it's, I'm very comfortable being alone. Yeah. But there are definitely times when that turns into loneliness. And so it was, if I'm alone, what are you guys going to miss? I mean, yeah, it's kind of like, I don't have anything to say. I mean, it's not like I had anything to say. You weren't going to. No one was there to hear me anyway. Right. So yeah. I could I could be so it's it was the thought of, you know, going into quarantine and the only person that was gonna be hearing my songs was me. Mm-hmm. And my cat and my plant and my my neighbors <laughs> and you know, but but I'm not really performing for them, so um it was just trying to you know, a song about loneliness and about Meh, I got this. You know, I've been mm-hmm. I've been lonely before, I can do it again. Yeah. Where do you see your your music going or taking you? Yeah, I I think we've talked about a little before about the sound of my music and how a band would be great. Yeah. <laughs> I I I mean I hear my songs being played by just a a three piece band. Just get me and a drummer mm-hmm. and a bass player and we'll go to town on that stuff. Mm-hmm. I maybe a fourth guitar if I feel like guitar solos, but there aren't too many spots for guitar solos and that kind of stuff yeah. in my songs, but just give me in a nice sassy three piece and we'll go to town on them. Yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, so I think that's where the next place I'd really want to go is find a couple people who can understand what I'm trying to do here. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's something that eh, scares me, holds me back is it's been a long time since I have played with someone else. Yeah. So trying to translate my songs and, their relative complexity mm-hmm. to someone else and people who realize, Hey, tempo is a, a concept with us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we are going to be in the ballpark of a tempo on these songs. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, some of the chord changes might not make sense. This key change Hey, it's just what it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's not based in any theory. It's not based in any, anything else. And Hey, there might be a couple songs where you just don't play just cause mm-hmm. this is a quiet song. So hang back. Um, so I think yeah, putting a putting a little group together would be my next yeah, next goal. Yeah, yeah. awesome. We'll keep an eye out yeah, for that. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So here is a cover song from Baron Stout called Two. Sweetheart, you look a little tired. When did you last eat? Come in and make yourself right at home. Stay as long as you need. Tell me is something wrong? If something's wrong, you can count on me. You know I'll take my heart clean apart. If it helps yours beat. It's okay if you can't find the words. Let me take your coat and this weight off of your shoulders. Like a force to be reckoned with. Mighty ocean or a gentle kiss. 
I will love you with every single thing I have. Like a tidal wave will make a mess. Calm waters if it serves you best. I will love you without any strings attached. It's okay if you can't catch your breath. You can take the oxygen straight out of my own chest. I know exactly how your rule goes. Put my mask on first. No, I don't want to talk about myself. Tell me where does it hurt? Just want to build you up and build you up till you're good as new. And maybe one day I will get around Fixing myself too. I don't even know where to start. Already tired of trying to recall when it all fell apart. I just want to love you, to love you, to love you well. I just want to learn how to somehow be loved myself. Like a force to be reckoned with, mighty ocean or a gentle kiss, I will love you without any strings attached. What a privilege it is to love great honor to hold you all. like a force to be reckoned with mighty ocean or a gentle kiss i will love you with every single thing i have like a tidal wave will make a mess if it serves you best I will love you without any strings attached I will love you without a single string attached I will love you without any strings attached All right, that was two, originally by Sleeping at Last, covered by Baron Stout. Yes. Baron. Yeah. <laughs> tell me about this song. Um, did it, is it originally performed with a ukulele, or did you bring I, that in on yourself? Yeah, I brought that in on my own. Um, something when I did start playing again, and I realized, you know, going most of my life without learning covers, maybe learning a few would be mm-hmm. a good thing to do. But I wanted to put my own spin on it. Couldn't just, I could just play on an acoustic guitar. So that's kind of why I picked up the ukulele. It's like, hey, I'm going to learn some covers, mm-hmm. but I'm going to translate them to 
a ukulele. Well, it's a simpler instrument, maybe a little easier for me to write cover so- or you know play cover songs and that kind of stuff. And I just love the simplicity of somebody else's song just stripped down to mm-hmm. four strings and me. And it's just something about you know the covers I do play. Playing them on a ukulele just gives it my own a nice little twist that makes it more fun for me to play. Yeah, somebody else's song. Talk to me a little bit about uh, your influences as a songwriter. Who, yeah, who do you look up to? Yeah, my <laughs> I consider myself a grunge kid. I'm uh-huh. a I'm a kid of you know, give me some Smashing Pumpkins, give me some Pearl Jam, give me some Soundgarden. That's kind of the stuff. Some Tool, give me all that kind of stuff. Those were my first like, especially like Pumpkins and Tool were early on my first music that you know, I felt. Yeah. Or whatever you want to say. So those were kind of the, which I think, listening to their stuff and my stuff, the dynamic range that they put in their music mm-hmm. translates straight into mine. Styles are a little different, but the influence of being able to take those big swings in a song and not having to write three-minute songs yeah, and the flexibility and freedom to write Hey, we're going to write a seven-minute song. Mm-hmm. Come along. And I think listening to that kind of stuff early on really just kind of set me in the in the mindset of big, dramatic. Yeah. Maybe a little over the top, maybe a little <laughs> self-indulgent, but, you know, those are the songs that just, yeah, hit me early on, and those are the songs I love, yeah. Yeah, and you yeah, kind of yeah. translated that to, like, I mean, I like the solo acoustic yeah. act, too, as, yeah. as well as, like, the band idea, but uh, translating that kind of grunge feel yeah. to like just you and an acoustic, I mean, acoustic guitar. guitar yeah. yeah and that's where i all of my songs have to translate onto an acoustic and most i guess i do have some that are just electric driven because i need that i need that distortion mm-hmm. give me that rock but even those i could i mean they had a life on an acoustic guitar before right. they translated to electric so and being able to capture all that dynamics in an acoustic guitar and mm-hmm. my little voice yeah so where do you find your voice through like other people's voices, like in media or yeah. other places? Most, I, I am not a big media consumer. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of what I do is podcasts. I've, especially over the pandemic, you know, falling in love with podcasts and just yeah. binging those are pretty much just where most of my time goes. I am absolutely one of those assholes who doesn't have a TV. Mm-hmm. I haven't had a TV for 12 years. Haven't even <laughs> had any, I don't have any streaming services. I'm one of those hippies that just just doesn't do it and it's just yeah sitting down and watching a tv show just that just doesn't do it for me at all but you know listening to a podcast because i can do something else when i'm listening to a podcast right. i can do whatever i need i can even sometimes i'll be playing guitar and listening to a podcast because it's just it's making me laugh it's making me think it's making me do something else that will inspire mm-hmm. a, a song or just a movement or just a feeling in general so and i you know i try and read as much as I can, but like everything else, sometimes I just get stuck in a rut where I pick up two or three bad books in a row and I'm just like, ah, books suck. Yeah. I'm not reading anymore. <laughs> and then I need to, you know, dig friends for, you know, hey, give me a recommendation so I can mm-hmm. finally fall in love with books again. And then, yeah, I'll read five or six in a row or I'll just read Harry Potter for the 900,000th time and do that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you said you uh, draw, like, song titles from books. Yeah, um, yeah. And and other things you've read, uh, how often do you feel like you like change the meaning of those? So of those that I've 
pretty much a straight taking a title. I say about half of them. The book is about the song. The song is about the book. Mm-hmm. And the other half is just, hey, I like the title. Yeah. Where I have another one was in contention for my saddest song mm-hmm. um, called I Can't Believe My Life Has Come to This. And it's really, the song itself is like a self-help book about understanding your own traumas and getting through it and mm-hmm. progressing on. But the song itself turned into a song about how did I, how the fuck did I get here? Like, yeah. you know, so I completely <laughs> took the meaning of it where if you read the book title in the wrong way, you might think, man, how did my life get to this? I can't believe it. Mm-hmm. But, and that's kind of the way I took the song where some others, it's, you know, one called Here is Real Magic, and it's a song about magic. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's just a... It, it, and I think that one is a fun one where I think I've kind of written in a way where you might think they're metaphors for something else, but it's like, no, we're just... just we're just talking magic. about magic. We're just talking about <laughs> magic. It's just... It's a metaphor if you want it to be, but it's not in... I guess you can interpret that way if you want to. Mm-hmm. I, won't, I won't take that away from you. Yeah. So what made you choose this particular song to cover? This is one where I had never heard of this artist before I heard him on a podcast. Um, He was a guest on a podcast, um, fell in love with the music. He is very intentional with the way he writes. His chord changes are intentional. Um, The song itself is maybe a little bit out of my range, Mm -hmm. but that's the key he wrote it in, so that's the key I'm going to play in because I feel like that's just an respect to the songwriter and the intention he put into it. Um, And it's called two because it's in reference to the Enneagram, the personality traits. It's, Oh yeah. Any Enneagram. It's I've, I've probably only read it. So um, where, you know, everybody's personality trait is assigned a number and you know, you can take them for what they are. I think Mm -hmm. those kind of, Myers-Briggs or whatever they're called and all those personality traits. I think they're nice tools to use to understand who you are and how you function in society and how you react with society. But that particular one, the Enneagram being a two, which I, you know, claim to be, it's, Mm -hmm. that one makes more sense to me. Just, and so he wrote an entire album on all nine. Really? And each one just kind of focuses on one personality type. And that one just like, yeah, that's, if you want to know what I'm like in a relationship, that's me. That is, that is, I will give up most of myself. I'm not saying it's a good thing. It's just the way it happens. It's, yeah. I will give up most of myself for this relationship for this other person. And again, it's a song like that and hearing someone break down you, me, yeah. you know, so succinctly. It's okay. Actually, I can use that moving forward in my mm-hmm. next relationship. It's like, hey. These are the tendencies I have. Mm-hmm. I don't have to be like that. But if I feel myself moving this way, feel myself giving up so much of myself for this other person, hey, let's, let's pull back a little bit. Yeah. Let's, yeah, let's, let's acknowledge what I'm doing and see what we can course correct if we need to or you know, just at least understanding exactly. the behavior. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I am probably going to take any crap <laughs> yeah. after this. I, yes. I know the Myers-Briggs. I don't yes. know. <laughs> yeah. So what draws you to other people's music? Um, is it chords? Is it the lyrics? It's, it, it always comes down to the, to the music and the chords for me. I, even some of my favorite songs, I could, I could sing along, quote unquote, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know the lyrics. I, 
I mean, lyrics are important to me, and they are something I work a lot on, but the music is what I... I, I need something to move me musically. Mm-hmm. Um, so finding other bands that embrace some of that dynamic range, embrace some of doing things a little bit differently, a little bit off kilter, not using, you know, I love cowboy chords. I do have some songs that play the same old cowboy (laughs) chords. I have some of those. Um, But the ones that really draw me in are the ones that maybe use them in a different way, use them in a new, yeah. Yeah. So uh, do you like drift into like the avant-garde kind of stuff or... I tr- I don't think so. I think most of my music, it stays pretty guitar-driven, guitar, drums, bass-driven, just maybe presented in a new way. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's some avant-garde drummers I like, which is kind of what I would like. If anybody out there wants to be an avant-garde drummer in <laughs> my band, that's what I look for. <laughs> All right, up next is the saddest song that Baron's ever written called Goodbye and Carry On. When you take or you're taken Pay the man and move along When you give or you're given Thank the lady and pass it on When you want and you want and Be the love that wanted you When you need and you need it, be the love within you. You had love, we have to say goodbye and carry on. Say goodbye and carry on. When you take the life you're given Only want the love you need When you give all that you wanted No need to take from anyone When you want only what you need Take your love and give it back. If you don't need all you've taken, give all the love you want. You had love, we have to say goodbye and carry on. Say goodbye and carry on.
Life is art and wonder. Name the spark within you. Your wonder can't be taken. Let it guide you through. Art is your pure magic created from your wondering soul. Magic's not the fear of believing. It created your whole world. You wanted love. We wanted you. You had love. We had you. Life is making it wonderful for the world and within you. Create something beautiful every day in your way. You wanted love. We wanted you. You had love, we had you. You had love, we have to say goodbye and carry on. Say goodbye and carry on. You had love, we have to. Say goodbye and carry on. All right, that was a sad song from Baron Stout called Goodbye and Carry On. Baron, let's let's start just by talking about sad songs yeah. in general. Um do you find yourself writing a lot of sad songs? I do. I I feel like they all have a little bit of melancholiness to most of my songs. Because mm-hmm. uh, people ask me, you know, what kind of what kind of music do you play, Baron? And like, just you know, defining what I play is a little tough. So I always just fall back on sad bastard music. It's yeah. Because because <laughs> all a lot of my songs have a little bit of you know, I like that melancholy, sad. Mm-hmm. Maybe not so much woe is me, but just definitely a somberness to them. Um, I hope they all end on a little bit of an up tilt. I think most of my songs, at least even mm-hmm. that one, it ends on a hopeful, at least less depressing, but yeah, sad songs are just so easy to write. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, why do you think like us as listeners like sad songs? I think, I mean, we can get into the this, this societal thing where sad has been, viewed as a weakness. Mm-hmm. We can talk about how all emotions have been, if you're not happy all the time, if you're not strong all the time, then you're you're obviously just weak and you're not a good person. And I think listening to a sad song, just sadness is okay. It's okay mm-hmm. to be sad. It's okay to sing a sad song, listen to a sad song. It's okay to cry. It's uh, So being kind of given the freedom to be sad Right. And be like, oh, I'm just listening to music. I'm, it's, I'm, I'm music. It's loud. <laughs> Where, yeah, it's, be sad. It's okay. Yeah. Where does this particular sad song come from? If this you would like to talk about it. There are two kind of 
spots where this came from where, one, it was around the time where I lost both of my grandparents, my mom's parents, Mm -hmm. within pretty quick succession. So I was... That's kind of where the goodbye and carry on part came from was... Mm -hmm. We have to say goodbye, but we have to carry on. And then the other part of it, I think more of the the verses come from just understanding the sadness and the struggle that artists specifically have with suicide. Yeah. And a lot of it has to do with, you know, artists have so much to give, but it is a tough, any creative art, I mean, life in general is tough, but... Creative arts, you know, the suicide rate among creatives is higher than the, than the average. And it's losing so much art. Exactly. To, is just, it's such a pain and it's, it hurts me every, you know, every time you hear about a musician that, that took their own life, it's like, that's so much art we just lost. Mm-hmm. And it's trying to just convey the hope. I know it's tough. We know it's hard, but please Stick around for your art. Yeah. Just, just get it out there. We, we want to hear it. We want to see it. We want to enjoy your art. And that was kind of the other part of it where it's like, hey, we, we've all struggled with mental illness. We mm-hmm. all have it. Mental illness is health. And so let's all talk about it and let's yeah, share your stuff with us. Yeah. yeah. I really like uh, one, that message mm-hmm. and uh, to the way you've conveyed it. Um, so in, in there, it says, create something beautiful every yeah, day. Absolutely. And, and that's on your guitar. That's on my guitar. I put yeah. the stickers on my guitar. It is, it is something that absolutely has gotten me through. It is through my own mental... I mean, just... And I have said it before, just create anything, whether it's a song, sure, if it's a piece of art, if they're... Uh, cooking dinner is yeah. creating something. You took one thing and turned it into something else. That's creating... Um, Say something nice to someone so they smile. You just created mm-hmm. a smile. It's creativity is so much more than me spending forty eight hours trying to find one chord progression. Right. Find find that one chord that sounds right. There's creativity comes in so many ways, and we can all create something beautiful mm-hmm. every day. <laughs> and it's yeah, it helps. It helps me a lot to think yeah. of that. Yeah. So is that your line and your? I, I I like to think so. I I I'm sure someone else came up with it, exactly. but it's definitely yeah. something that I, <laughs> the first time I thought of, you know, let's just create something beautiful every day, just to get through this low period. Just create something, and yeah, maybe it was a salad. I made a really mm-hmm. nice salad today. So <laughs> tomorrow maybe it'll be a song. So yeah. How does it feel after you write a sad song? Like maybe start with this one in particular or, yeah. or in general. Is it kind of a release for you or? This one, as it came together, as I found the meaning behind it, it it got me pretty low as I was writing it and just mm-hmm. knowing what I was singing about. Um, I mean, hell, I've broken down crying singing the song on stage a couple times. It yeah. kind of, it, it can hit, it's hit me that hard. And but the response this song particularly gets, especially when I explain the meaning, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, this is this was a good song to share in the world. Mm-hmm. It was hard to write. It sometimes it's very hard to sing, but like you, the, the response to it is positive and people appreciate it. And so that gives me the you know the confidence. It's okay to again, it's okay to write a sad song. Yeah, it's okay to sing about a sad topic. Um, just be open and honest about it, and people appreciate that. 
yeah, so like in general, if you write other yeah. sad yeah. songs, it, and maybe you don't have that same like emotional yeah. connection to it if it's more made up, if yeah. it's about the girl in blue. <laughs> yeah, the girl. Like, uh, do those have, have different... Different meanings. meanings? Beca- yeah, different. Because in those, I feel more like an author, writing, mm-hmm. just writing a novel, writing a short story, where there's not... M- Emotional detachment may be the right, wrong word, but it's, I am separate from the thing. So yes, it's a sad song about someone else. Mm -hmm. And I still try and put a message of hope, a, some sort of encouragement for people that, yeah, it's, it's, it's a sad song, but there's hope in it. And it real or not, you can, you can decide your, yeah, or the relativeness of realness. So. Yeah. Yeah, trying to make it it sound real and give like yeah. life and feeling to the character is always like hard, and you want to be yeah. kind of sensitive. I, I, you want to make like, it relatable, and someone, hey, I can actually envision this person being a real person, really going through those events and really coming out better or worse on the other side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's those are those are tough characters to and stories to write. Yeah. Where are we? Yeah, where are we? Uh, we're getting a little close. No. <laughs> uh, so, how often do you choose to play uh, the song you just played, like, out? Is it, like... Um... I kind of have to... I have to be in a particularly good... Not good mood, but I have to be in the right mindset. Mm-hmm. And if... if like I said, I've broken down a few times playing that song because just whatever mental state I, I was in was just, that was just a vul- vulnerable song for me to play mm-hmm. live. Um, so I don't play it too often, but I, I like to play it enough where it's like, these are the kind of songs I write to. And, yeah. And it's kind of a song where you can put it in the middle of a set and mm-hmm. it kind of really kind of sets a tonal mood for maybe the next two or three songs. And you kind of really have to build a set around, okay, I just played this really sad song. Yeah. And now I got to kind of do something to bring you back up, but not too fast. And I got to change the mood a little bit. But it, it's it's a nice contrast when it comes to even, I know this is a little more, you know, surface, but just a set list and a mm-hmm. trying to put five or six songs together and where that song would fit in a six song set. It's tough to, yeah. Do you yeah. feel like a little bad, like when you play a sad song to a crowd? It's like I'm gonna bring you guys down yes, a little bit. I, I kind of, but some of those songs I will at least I'll try and say a little something about it before I play it. Especially that song, yeah, explaining what it's about before I sing it. I think really kind of sets an expectation in the audience that hey, this is this is coming. Yeah, this is be be ready for this. You you might feel something, but it's. I think letting them know on that one especially is yeah. something I I try and do. Yeah. All right. So um, on the podcast, I always try and end on a happy Let's note. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, so, and it's, it's a very general question, yeah. uh, but just tell me about the happiest thing going on in your life right now. Happiest thing right now? Oh. Well, it's... Um... Tough question. Tough question. <laughs> I said I just said I write sad songs. I don't, uh-huh. I don't know what happened. Um, 
I guess things, it, it's from a very personal, maybe superficial level, but the things that have really helped me as coming out of quarantine and coming back and having, you know, the two things that have really changed helped me out are open mics opening back up, getting mm-hmm. back on stage, and getting back to the gym. <laughs> yeah. I, I've put on a few too many pounds during the gym, so I've been, I mean, it's, it's a little superficial, it's a little silly, but you know, Losing 25 pounds in seven months felt pretty good. It felt pretty good getting back into that routine. Um, Yeah, where one, getting back to the gym, it helps me set my entire routine for the day. Mm -hmm. Where first thing in the morning, I'm one of the, yeah, again, one of those assholes that gets up stupid early (laughs) and goes to the gym. Uh, But something like that helps me set my tone for the day. And it's actually helped my guitar playing and songwriting because it helps just set a routine yeah go to the gym come home have my coffee play a little guitar and that's kind of like my morning thing before i have to get ready for work and Mm -hmm. it's it's something that has spurred some creativity and just kind of helped me get back into a little more rhythm yeah i think rhythm and some semblance of normalcy has been good for me in that way Awesome. Well, Baron, thank you so thank much you, for joining me on this podcast, Old New Borrowed and Blues. I'd like to thank Baron again for joining me. I truly had an amazing time talking with him and love to hear more about his songwriting process. Before we go, I'd like to announce that my debut record, No Longer and Not Yet, is now streaming everywhere. So do me a favor and go check that out. And as always, thank you for listening. This has been Old New Borrowed and Blues.